welcome to podcast number 36 of NICU and Beyond with Tracy and Stacy. Today, I am very grateful to have my partner in crime, Stacy, here with me. And our topic of the day is going to be mourning the loss in the NICU. What we're going to kind of focus on is not true loss or death of a baby in the NICU, but we're going to talk about the loss of control as far as parents have over their birth plan and how things happen in the NICU. Loss of your birth plan. Your birth plan could be, oh yes, I'm going to have a full-term baby. I'm going to go to 40 weeks. I'm going to have this baby vaginally and not by C-section. All of a sudden I have to have a C-section emergently. That can cause some grief because that wasn't part of your birth plan. These experiences are very common to parents. Then you might have to face a NICU stay because your full-term baby decided they might get stuck a little bit or premature. Full-term babies that are born by C-section sometimes come to the NICU too because they don't get that hug on the way out from having a vaginal delivery and it doesn't squish all the fluid out of their lungs that they're used to swimming in when they're in utero. So this is a loss and is part of your birth plan. And the other thing is, is when your baby's in the NICU, you have a loss of control. You don't control if you get to hold your baby, do care. You don't get to control what times the baby eat. And there's a lot of loss of control. And this does cause a grief that people don't think that it is a grief, but it really is grief because you're losing something important to you. I think a lot of parents, when they end up having a baby in the NICU, they do lose a sense of predictability. They wait for things to come along and get to their baby to at least 37 weeks. And then they feel powerless when their babies are then fighting for their lives because they're so tiny. And then they're in this little box and they may be very far from their home. They lost their right to make some of the first decisions for their babies. They don't get those normal bells and whistles of a perfect birth or a baby shower, sending out birth announcements, flowers, congratulations. These parents don't have that opportunity. Not only parents experience this kind of grief from loss of control with babies in the NICU, it goes out to grandparents, aunts, uncles, family friends that are considered aunts and uncles. From my own personal experience, I had a grandson that was born in another state from mine, and he had a syndrome that was not compatible with life. And it was very hard because in my NICU where I work, we have angel eye cameras. You can send out emails and ask your friends and family to log on to the angel eye and know that the angel eye is turned off during cares or whatever, but you could kind of log on anytime you wanted to. And you could see that grandchild, child, niece, nephew on the angel eye camera. Unfortunately, where my grandson was, that hospital did not have angel eye cameras. It was very hard with trying not to bug my daughter to send me pictures by text. And she was grieving because she knew it wasn't compatible. They had hope that there was going to be a cure or that they would be able to do something. Grief was real. And then knowing that my grandson passed away, and that's just a different kind of grief, But knowing that I couldn't even get to that state in his short 10 days of life that he had, 
So there is a lot of grief other places that we don't realize. I think there's not even a place anywhere for this kind of grief. I have to agree with you. I think our society doesn't allow us to have this type of grief. It upsets me. My own personal experience, like Stacy, I was with my own child. He was born with an emergency C-section for shoulder dystocia. By the time they got him out, he was very limp. He looked horrible. I had a ruptured bladder and I was bleeding out. I got to see him for a brief second before they rushed him to the NICU. Just in that short amount of time, which was probably about 12 hours, I had no communication from the staff over in the NICU where I worked at the time. We all grieve in a different sense, but I don't think society allows us to do this. And I think it's a very important and necessary step for people to understand that grief can be a good thing. It does not have to be a bad thing, but we need to know how to do this in an effective manner. It's also very hard with having a baby in the NICU because the NICU moms, they're not put in a different area. They're actually put out on maternity person that's in the room next to you has a full-term baby that's crying and crying and crying and your baby's in the NICU and you don't have any baby in your room. I think that's a hard part too. I think that you have grief there. Also with the limitation of visitors in the NICU, our NICU only allows three people at the bedside and one of them has to be mom or dad. And there may be a time that somebody comes in to visit your child and you, the mom, just got off magnesium because you have high blood pressure, your blood pressure's high, you don't feel good whenever you sit up, you're dizzy. And dad went home to either tend to the dogs or just check on your other children that are home. You have family that comes in and they want to come to the NICU and visit. You say, I'm sorry, I can't go down there and you need to be there. In our NICU, we do have parent-appointed visitors, one person for each side of the family. That is an option in our NICU, and that's nice because the parent-appointed visitor then can come in and visit without you being there. So check with your NICU that your child's in to see if they have a parent-appointed visitor that could help with your grief of people not being able to see. And just to know that the parent-appointed visitor cannot get information, the parent-appointed visitor cannot feed your baby, cannot diaper your baby, cannot do K-care with your baby. They can only hold your baby swaddled. That is the only thing parent-appointed visitors can do. We make it that they are not taking away from the parents' experiences. So when talking about this type of grief, meaning that loss of control and all the stressful things that happen as a parent or a family member or even as a friend of someone who has a baby in the NICU, I think it would be beneficial to find a space for grief. You can meditate it, you can pray about it, name it, you can embody it. Try and describe the relationship you have with it and try to integrate it somehow into our lives that is somehow meaningful. I know when my son was in the NICU, I wish I had somebody to talk to. It was only the beginning of our journey to get back into my counseling and didn't have that. And I'm going to let Stacy talk a little bit more because I would think that having a full-time grief counselor in the NICU for this type of grief is really crucial. What are your thoughts, Stacy? 
I know years ago that we had a grief counselor and she was for the whole women and children service line and then she left and we didn't replace the grief counselor for women and children service line because now they have priests, ministers that we can call on. We're lucky that we have a nurse liaison, and if we have a family that we think that's struggling, it could just be mom comes in and has a flat affect. She doesn't smile, doesn't really look at the baby, lets dad do all the cares and stuff. We definitely will be, you know, shooting off an email or leaving a voicemail that the nurse liaison gets to come. The main thing that I, with going through any type of grief, if you don't have one, get a journal and write in that every day. Writing it down and then closing that book is like closing it out of your journal. It actually had a family member who had an issue. They actually called the journal because he had a very different kind of thing, but they told him that they called it the burn book, that you write stuff down in there. When you're done, you burn the book. I don't agree with totally with that. Sometimes I think you need to look back on what you did and how far you have come since you've had that experience. I mean, I looked how with my sister when she was in the hospital for a month and how did I do all that work in night shift and taking her into appointments, but we're not going there this time. The journals are a good idea. Maybe your hospital has a chapel. I know ours does, has a quiet place to go. Maybe just taking a walk outside and walking around the campus of the NICU for fresh air. Asking to take time, even if you don't have money to go get lunch or something like that. I know our NICU supplies some little ham salad sandwiches or bag of pretzels or just something to like ease that hunger that you can leave the bedside for a few seconds and take a deep breath. This grief is real. Don't think that it's not. I think that's why we're doing these podcasts because we come up with things that we found during our careers in the NICU. And in um, our own personal life. And in our own personal life. You know, somebody goes to give you a hug, accept the hug. Hugs can do a lot. A smile can do a lot. Being around somebody just to listen. Listen. You don't have to say anything. And just be present. We hope that you like this podcast today. It is a huge topic, a hot topic that definitely needs some more talking about, but we won't do it on this podcast. I think the next podcast we're going to do is actually grief when parents do lose a baby and passes away in the NICU. If you like this podcast, please follow us or like us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.